Well, how much time do people generally spend thinking about their garden designs? Maybe we should be doing that a little bit more because some new research out of UBC shows that specially designed gardens could very much reduce the amount of toxic chemicals that are associated with tires from entering our waterways. And it is a huge reduction. So let's talk more about this with Dr. Timothy Rogers, postdoctoral fellow at the Institute for Resources, Environment and Sustainability at UBC. Thank you so much for making some time for us today. Hi, Jill. Yeah, thanks. Uh, It's great to meet you. And thanks for um, speaking with me about this uh, important issue. Well, it seems like such a huge amount. So by changing the design of gardens, we're looking at potentially a a 90% reduction in this type of toxin or these toxins that can get into the waterways? Yeah, so this particular chemical that we were studying here is called 6-TPT quinone. And basically, it comes off of car tires. Um, it's basically a product of car tires uh, that are, it's a chemical that's used to protect car tires from uh, breaking down over time. And so this product goes into our waterways. Um, and so this particular chemical is extremely, extremely toxic to uh, salmon, especially coho salmon, uh, at super low levels. So what we looked at was these things called rain gardens. Um, so a rain garden is basically uh, just a specially designed garden, as you say, that they use to treat stormwater. So basically, you direct the stormwater from a, uh, you know, a street or a parking lot into one of these gardens, it filters through a system. Uh, and what we found was that these systems act like sort of like a little Brita fi- filter for our fish, you know, we've got the chemicals coming in from the stormwater. And then the uh, what we found is that these rain gardens are taking it right out. And so yeah, we found this great reduction, uh, something like, you know, 90 plus percent, depending on the sort of, you know, size of rainfall event that we modeled, um, which is really good news for the salmon. Wow, it, uh, that is a, a great, uh, again, the, the amount that it's able to take out. Uh, why are they called rain gardens? Um, so they're called rain gardens because they treat rainwater. So essentially, you know, you're taking, I call it stormwater sometimes, but essentially it's just rainwater that's falling uh, and then it's going through these systems. And so you can see them all across Vancouver. The one that we studied is actually at the corner of uh, Pine and 8th. Um, but anywhere you can see sort of these systems, you know, especially uh, there's uh, a new one up near my place. I live near um, Hastings and Clark. Uh, but you can see anywhere you see sort of a garden where the, the so sort of like the curb has been cut out to allow the water to flow into the garden. Uh, that is a rain garden. So they also have them, you know, all across UBC campus. Um, and there's sort of this uh, rain city strategy the city is implementing. They're trying to really build more of these gardens uh, because in addition to, you know, their ability to help protect the salmon from this chemical, uh, they also, you know, can reduce the amount of uh, flooding that happens. They can help cool things down and they're pretty. So they're nice, uh, you know, little infrastructure pieces that we can build to help with our stormwater uh, quantity. So flooding, stormwater quality, so chemicals like this. And then also uh, they provide, you know, some green space for people in different neighborhoods. Hmm. Where did the chemicals go? Uh, so in the actual system itself, uh, the chemical is captured by the soil. Um, we're sort of following up right now to try and look at uh, exactly how this chemical then behaves. So this chemical was only discovered about two years ago. Um, and so it may uh, degrade. We think it probably degrades um, in the system itself. So it's being captured by the soil and then probably is degrading uh, sort of over the course of you know a year or a couple of years. Um, but what we did find is that once the chemical is captured, uh, we tested it to see if it 
be flushed out by more water. So we, uh, you know, put in this sort of, you know, one milligram roughly uh, of this chemical. So very, very small amount of this chemical into this uh, big system. Uh, and then we dumped through um, 13,000 liters of water. So a whole bunch of water. Uh, and then we came back a week later and we dumped through another 13,000 liters of water without any of the chemical. And we found that it didn't remobilize at all. So it didn't uh, start moving again. So basically, once the chemical is captured by these systems, it seems to be pretty sticky. It's either staying in there or I think probably it's degrading in those systems. And so it's uh, essentially being uh, transformed into another uh, chemical that's not as toxic to the salmon. All right. And it wouldn't do that on its own if it just was flushed out without going through the rain garden? Yeah, so on its own, if it's just going, uh, the, the real problem is that this chemical is uh, going directly into our, like, our receiving bodies, into our streams. So anywhere you can think of, you know, you have a big highway going over a stream that might have salmon in it. Uh, the water from that highway is often being directed directly into um, that stream. And so this is why uh, when they first started looking for this chemical, they were finding these big fish kills. This was uh, down in Seattle area. Um, they were trying to sort of rewild a bunch of streams in Seattle. Uh, and they found that when they had the coho swimming up the stream, if it was raining, uh, a bunch of the coho were dying. They were seeing sort of up to like 40 to 90 percent of, uh, of the coho that were coming up these streams actually dying uh, in these you know, newly uh, restored streams that they were trying to get the salmon back up. Um, and so they started this really long process of trying to figure out what this chemical was. It took about a decade, actually, to discover exactly what the chemical was that was killing the salmon. Uh, and so it's a, it's kind of a, it's a funny thing to be so toxic to salmon because it's not really all that water-soluble, uh, and it's really, really uh, toxic to coho salmon, but seems to be less toxic to other types of salmon. Uh, but the key message here uh, is that um, if we put the chemical directly into the water, it's really, really lethal to the salmon. If we can filter it through something like these rain gardens or other, uh, you know, soil kind of systems, because it's a chemical that's, uh, that can be captured by soil, that really helps to protect the salmon. Hmm. And do you think, could it work then for other chemicals as well? Or is this the big one in the water system from tires that we need to be targeting? Yeah, so there's lots of things that are in stormwater. Stormwater is a, you know, a really complex mixture, we say, uh, in, in the field. So there's a lot of different chemicals that are in stormwater. Um, and basically, some chemicals are better captured than others, depending on uh, how, uh, how hydrophobic versus hydrophilic. Those are uh, maybe complex words, but basically it just means do they love water or do they hate water? And so compounds that hate water, those compounds are really well treated by these systems. Compounds that love water, they're less well treated by these systems. So these rain gardens, they don't work as well for compounds that uh, really, really love water. And that might be, have you heard of, you know, perfluoral substances, PFAS? Yes, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> not a ton, but yes. Okay, yeah. So those are chemicals that are used in Teflon, basically. So it's the chemicals that are used to make Teflon. Those chemicals are really, really water-loving. And so those ones are really hard to take out. Uh, that's an example of ones really hard to take out. Um, whereas, you know, something that's a bit of a, a more uh, fat-loving compound, those ones are pretty uh, well-treated by these systems. And so we're looking now uh, at ways that we can improve the design of the systems uh, to work better with different kinds of chemicals as well. Um, and these sort of, uh, the 6-PPD quinone, the chemical that we're worried about that comes from car tires, this one's sort of right in the middle of, you know, does it, is it going to go through a system? Is it going to be captured by a system? And so that's why we had to do the experiment to figure it out. And one other thing, you mentioned flooding as well, and that this could also be a way of helping uh, to, to minimize flooding or to, to combat flooding in areas. So it sounds like not only are they good at getting rid of these chemicals, but they could be good as pieces of infrastructure that way. 
Yep, yep, exactly. So these systems are being built uh, currently right now um, for their flood prevention uh, abilities, for their ability to uh, basically take the load off of the sewer system. So if you're having a whole bunch of water going, uh, you know, directly into our sewer systems through, you know, our gutters and things, uh, that can get really um, expensive to build bigger sewers as we get more and more flooding. And so what these systems do is they allow the water to either uh, infiltrate into the soil itself, so they put it down into the soil uh, after capturing some of the chemicals there, uh, or they sort of put it back up into the air. So the plants take the water up and then they uh, release it back into the air. And that means you can lower the total amount of water that's actually going into your sewer systems or into your streams, which helps us have, you know, these happier and healthier aquatic ecosystems. Well, it's very interesting and uh, amazing at what these rain gardens can do. Uh, We'll leave it there for today, but thank you so much. It was great chatting with you about this. Great. Well, thanks so much. And uh, thanks for showing an interest in these uh, fun systems.